This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. I think it is Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's Tuesday. We've had a busy few days. I've been streaming every day. We had the Trump rally on Saturday. Debate on Monday. It's probably fucking Wednesday for Warlord over there in, in Britannia. <laughs> Good evening, Warlord. How are you, my friend? A vacation after the election. The election is November 8th, so I'm less than a month away. I've also uh, been churning out content like a motherfucker because... Um, one, because it's the election, a lot of eyes are on me because of the, you know, the debates, January 6th committee, the election and all that. Two, because of the way that YouTube is pushing pushing shorts and stuff. Tell me to get back to the news already? Goddamn. The people have spoken. Here's your meme of the day. Me driving with the inside light on to prove my parents wrong. You guys have dome lights over in the UK? Is that even a thing? You drive on the wrong side of the road. It's not true. That's not true. Americans drive on the wrong side of the road. The rest of the fucking world drives on the right side of the road. Which is the left side of the road. Not the right. We drive on the wrong side, which is the right side. They drive on the right side, which is the left side. What up, Chainsaw, my friend? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you guys are primitive over there. I don't know if you got, you don't have air conditioning. I don't know if you got dome lights in your cars. <laughs> uh, but, like, obviously I got to jump right to the news because Warlord said so. I have no clue what you're talking about, Railway Strikes. We're talking about the National Archives disputing... Uh, Trump's claim, uh, I don't even know what, I don't even know which claim there's, oh, that other, that other, uh, presidential administrations held on to documents, that's what it was. I actually didn't know what it was. (laughs) Not high enough for this shit. Republicans have a plan to hold Social Security hostage. Herschel Walker is doubling down on abortion. We're gonna, we're gonna go to the LA City Council where they have had their first meeting since the, the racist audio leaked. We're also gonna hear from the councilman, uh, that was, uh, described in the audio with that racist language. Then we're gonna jump over to South Carolina where a councilman and his family was, were shot dead. Wild story. I, I believe that happened last night, earlier today. Down in Florida, we're going to hear from both the defense and the prosecution in the case to see whether the Parkland shooter uh, is given the death penalty or life in prison. We're going to hear from both the defense and the prosecution. going to hit you with both of their closing arguments. Charges have been dropped against... I'm going to fuck his name up. I I do it every time. Adned Syed. uh, The the topic of the podcast, Serial. Recently had his sentence vacated. The state had the option to move forward with a second trial. 
They have decided not to. Meanwhile, the Texas Secretary of State says that Alex Jones unleashed hell on the people of Texas. It's coming as we are awaiting a verdict in Alex Jones' defamation trial. This is the second Alex Jones defamation trial. Meanwhile, Alex Jones's friend, Joe Rogan, had one Mrs. Tulsi Gabbard on the show. She's going to talk about how she is leaving the Democratic Party. The Florida Surgeon General is upset about Twitter censoring him. The state apparently issued a proclamation about the COVID vaccine. I'm going to show you why Twitter labeled it misinformation. A Newsmax host says he was canceled for refusing to attack Tucker Carlson. You may have seen right-wingers be all upset over PayPal. I had no clue why they were upset over PayPal. So I had to find out so I could tell you guys. Kanye West. (laughs) Yay, as they call him. Gayfish, as other people call him. Apparently showed an Adidas executive porn on his phone as some kind of a swinging your dick around move. My favorite move like that was when LBJ used to take people he was meeting with into the bathroom and then would, uh, like, take a piss in front of him right, right in the urinal and then swing his dick around when he was done just to, just to big dick him. Just to big dick him. Uh, we might get around to talking about the controversy in the Chiefs-Raiders game last night. I don't really know what's going on. I don't watch the sporty ball. But the thing I'm really looking forward uh, to talking about tonight, Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, who some of you may know, has called me a formidable voice in the culture. Justin Freakin, the formidable voice in the culture. Clinically insane. Welcome. Cicero. Try to make sure I have said what up to everybody. Matt Walsh, sir, my girl Lizzo has no clue who your significant ass is. Absolutely no idea that you exist. And I debated on whether I wanted to play your fat phobia here on the show tonight. But I do. I do. We're going to play you trying to call out Lizzo. And then I'm going to explain why you're wrong. Yet again, point out why Lizzo is a badass. And then, just because it pisses right-wingers off, we're going to watch Lizzo eat. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. But starting off, the top story of the night. One of the major... Labor labor unions has rejected the contract brokered by the Biden administration. The third largest maintenance workers union opposed the deal, saying concerns over paid time off remained unaddressed. U.S.'s third largest railroad union rejected a deal with employers on Monday, renewing the possibility of a strike that could cripple the economy. I'm here for it, and I also think it would be a great time to organize a general strike around this. 
Both sides will return to the bargaining table before that happens, though. Over half of track maintenance workers represented by the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division, who voted, opposed the five-year contract, which contained 24% raises and $5,000 bonuses. Union President Tony, but it only gave them one paid time or one paid day off. Bullshit. Bullshit. Union President Tony Cardwell said the railroads didn't do enough to address the lack of paid time off, particularly sick time, and working conditions after the major railroads eliminated nearly one-third of their jobs over the past six years. The group that represents the railroads in negotiations said they were disappointed the union rejected the agreement, but emphasized that no immediate threat of a strike existed. <laughs> Because the union had agreed to keep working for now. For other railroad unions have approved their agreements with freight railroads, including BNSF, Union Pacific, Kansas City Southern, CSX, and Norfolk Southern. But all 12 unions representing uh, 115,000 workers must ratify their contracts to prevent a strike. Another union, the International Association of uh, Machinists and Aerospace Workers, initially rejected its deal, but has since renegotiated a new contract. Voting will be completed in mid-November. So we are looking at just after the election. If a strike is coming. Let's hear how Yahoo Finance is covering this. I wanted to get the actual deets. And the union side of it before we went to Yahoo Finance. Well, a setback for the Biden administration as a union representing 12,000 railroad workers. Ida, good evening. The possible contract agreement between freight rail companies and the 12 unions, raising concerns once again of a possible nationwide strike. Yahoo Finance's Danny Romero and Rick Newman. Both of them with me here at the desk today. Uh, Danny, let's start with you because you have been speaking to the unions directly. What's the very latest on where these talks stand? Yeah, so I spoke with Peter Kennedy. He is the chief. And I, I, I want to point out, why don't you have somebody from the unions on? I tried to find someone that had someone from the unions on, and I couldn't. Now, probably Democracy Now! will do a great piece on this tonight. Maybe we'll watch that tomorrow, and they will have a union representative on. I wanted to hear from the workers, but it's kind of hard in corporate media to find that. Chief negotiator and strategist, and he says that the main reason why the union did not ratify this this tentative deal goes back to the lack of paid sick time. So there is a supplemental sick leave plan that is on the table, but that doesn't include, for example, if you if your child gets sick and you need to take that day off. It's it doesn't it doesn't include in that. So, again, there's a discrepancy between what the union wants and needs and what the presidential emergency board had put forward, recommended for this. Lenny, good evening. So, and in that deal, sorry, excuse me, it included a 24 percent wage increase and also five thousand dollar bonus and an additional paid sick day. Um, but from what the union has been and additional paid sick more, day uh, discussions with the railroad carriers. And and we'll have to, I mean they'll have to wait and see, but it's seven more unions unions are expected to vote from now until November twentieth. Rick, I'm thinking back to when the White House stepped in and it was sort of crisis averted. You get the sense, you know, are we at here we go again? I don't think so. Uh, so crisis averted. 
until the midterm elections, uh, politically speaking, if this gets if this goes into uh, has to be resolved after the midterm, just not a political crisis anymore. Um, and everything Danny just said, I mean, this sounds like small potatoes, honestly, based on uh, all the uh, concessions they've gotten so far. They've gotten a nice pay increase, better working conditions. So this sounds uh, bridgeable, honestly. But um, I guess we might, you know, in terms of the political conversation, we might hear Republicans saying, oh, President Biden failed to get this deal done. We Tones, good evening, my friend. Uh, because, uh, you know, a strike would drive up the cost of everything that gets shipped by rail, which is a lot of stuff. Um, but it's not going to happen. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Mandy, good evening. How much of this is framed in the context of the midterms or what, less than a month out? Danny, what's the sense right now in terms of, the hard line that exists on these key sticking points you just pointed out, how long is this likely to drag out now? Well, like I said, they're scheduling more. Dis- Make no mistake about it. I'm all about breaking out the combat boots, the yellow vests, and the Guy Fox masks. Let's go for it. Discussions with the railroad carriers, but the railroad carriers actually responded when the union rejected this tentative deal. They said that they were disappointed. But this morning, the union fired back, and we actually have a soundbite. So just take a listen to what they had to say this morning. Frankly, we're we're disappointed that the railroads um, were not willing to engage in discussions that would have resulted in paid sick days for our members. So, um, you know, that's it. it path goes both ways on this you know exactly thank you the representative of the workers who has an amazing mustache look at that shit and like i if you look at his jacket he's a snazzy dresser he's got a hell of a mustache peter kennedy he is the executive's assistant to the president of that uh labor union Good on you, sir. I like your quote and I like your mustache. The Biden administration also mulling over a plan to change the classification of gig workers. A labor proposal could upend the rules for gig workers and companies. The Biden administration here, let me make it a little smaller. Trying to get it perfect for you guys. AP being a little picky. The Biden administration proposed new standards Tuesday that could make it more difficult to classify millions of workers as independent contractors and deny them minimum wage and benefits. U.S. Department of Labor rule, which could take months to take effect, would replace a scrapped Trump error standard that had lowered the bar for classifying employees as contractors, workers who are not covered by federal minimum wage laws and are not entitled to benefits including health insurance and paid sick days. The reaction in markets for major gig companies was immediate. Shares of the ride-hailing company Lyft fell 12% while rival Uber tumbled about 10%. I'm, I'm like... Totally convinced that Uber, Lyft, Instacart, all these companies, which seem, which seemed like they were built on the idea that we would already have self-driving technology by now, are just a house of cards waiting to fall anyway. That their business practices were never sustainable, absent, absent that technology which would have replaced workers. They never built... Uh, taking care of workers into their system. The reaction to markets for major gig companies was immediate. 
Lyft fell 12%, Uber tumbled 10%. In one key change, employers are required to consider whether the work provided is an integral part to their business. Uh, all, all of the work is integral to you. The workers are the most integral part of the business. RB, Mox, good evening. Uh, Tesla sure as hell isn't uh, doing a good job of putting together a self-driving car. Some of those trucking companies, some of those smaller trucking companies have some self-driving technology that looks promising. Tesla, that ain't it, pal. Oh, shit. The, that could affect app-based companies that rely almost entirely on freelance workers to provide their services. The Trump-era rule had narrowed the criteria to whether the work in part of an integrated unit of production. Hold on. The Trump-era rule had narrowed that criteria to whether the work in part of an integrated unit of production and gave more weight to other considerations such as the worker's opportunity to make a profit or loss. I don't understand that sentence. I may I may be too high for this. I think it was worded poorly though. Speaking of worded poorly, you want you want some Trump news? Not that the news is worded poorly, he's just known for wording things poorly. National Archives rejects Trump's claim on former president's records. You know, RB, don't mind if a fucking do. National Archives rejects Trump's claim on former president's records. The National Archives is the federal agency responsible for preserving U.S. government records on Tuesday rejected former President Donald Trump's claim that his predecessors had retained millions of White House documents. This was, this was highlighted during the uh, Trump rally that we watched on Saturday. Even I stopped and was like, I don't believe that's true at all. Trump faces a criminal investigation by the U.S. Justice Department into whether he illegally retained documents from the White House when he left office in January of 2021. At a rally in Arizona on Sunday, Trump accused three former presidents, Republicans George H.W. But okay, he didn't specifically name names on Saturday when we were watching. He, he named names on Sunday. George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, and Democrat Bill Clinton accused them all three of taking millions of documents and storing them in unsecure locations, including a Chinese restaurant, a bowling alley, and a car dealership. I can't imagine any of that is true. Just because it's going to piss right-wingers off, we're going to watch Lizzo eat some shit. A burrito, if I remember correctly. I went back and forth. I went back and she was recently on uh, Hot Ones. And I was almost going to show you Hot Ones. But instead, I think we're going to watch her chow down on a burrito. Just because it makes right-wingers heads explode. 
speaking of which, this is the Troll Patrol. Let me show you some trolling that happened earlier today. Old John Carrick over here. I can't even remember what dumbass fucking Facebook uh, page I found him on. Facebook has all the stupid chuds. Oh, but John Carrick followed me over to my page and commented on a freaking news. Uh, told me someone has to care about the direction our country is heading, and I sure would not refer to it as experience moderation in any way, shape, or form, but thank you for your feedback. He was a, It was Elon Musk, that's what it was. And I told him he wasn't being censored for his political views. And I was like, I do care. I'm very politically active, but I care about the real issues our country is facing, like the price of health care and education, workers' wages, and wealth inequality. I'm not complaining about made-up accusations of censorship like you. You are parroting right-wing talking points about censorship. They claim censorship is a marketing tool to get idiots like you to share their content. I think I might have found him on PragerU, come to think of it. Well, I don't see any reason to anything else by you. You're rude, crude, and totally fucked up. Oh, and you're blocked. And he did indeed, <laughs> he did indeed block me. I insulted John's God. I am John's God. So yeah, this this show was originally supposed to be me live trolling people like this, but I kept getting banned on Facebook, so it turned into me reading the news. That's the lore of the Troll Patrol. <laughs> hey Justin, are you trolling? The Republicans are cooking up a plan. Planning on catastrophic default if Democrats refuse to cut Social Security and Medicaid. Top House Republicans, we're reading from Alternate. A, a, a pretty reliable source, but we'll say left bias. The top House Republicans are planning to threaten to shut down the U.S. government by refusing to raise the debt ceiling next year in a scheme to force Democrats to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid should they win the House in November Critics warn, pointing to a Bloomberg report. Social Security and Medicare. If we have split government, the, the odds of a government shutdown just skyrocket. And a lot of people are predicting split government. I think the Democrats fare better than what uh, polls and uh, pundits are giving them. I think, I think they overcompensate. Since 2016, they have overcompensated. I, I, I think the Democrats are poised to do better than a lot of people expect. I think they're going to barely hang on to the House, and I think they're going to expand their, their seats in the Senate. I think they're going to end up with 52, 53 seats. I'm, I'm even more confident in that after we watched Tim Ryan and uh, J.D. Vance. I wish they would stack the court. Is it a possibility? Uh, I don't know. I like if in a perfect world, if they end up with 53 seats in the Senate and they hold on to the house and Biden faces a significant challenge from the left in a 2024 race, then stacking the court may be in play. 
But I mean, that's a perfect world. That's that's uh, a a far out scenario. Mox, that would be Pennsylvania, where John Fetterman is probably that's a gain for Democrats, where John Fetterman is almost certainly going to beat Doctor Oz. Ohio, where Tim Ryan uh, would be replacing a Republican, Rob Portman. Should the Democrats win in Ohio, that would be a gain for Democrats. So there is two seats. I think uh, Herschel Walker is going to lose in Georgia. Uh, In North Carolina, the Bulldog, uh, or no, not Bulldog, uh, that's uh, New Hampshire. In North Carolina, Beasley and Bud. Uh, Bud can win that seat. And that's still a a uh, uh, a wash because it was already in Republican ha- hands. I assume they're going to hold Nevada with Cortez Masto. Laxalt is a nut job. We we saw him at the Trump rally. It does not look like we're going to get a debate between Cortez Masto and Laxalt in Nevada, but Nevada traditionally. Uh, the polls always say it's going more red than what it does. So I think Cortez Masto is going to hold on to that seat in Nevada. I think Wisconsin. Mandela Barnes is an excellent candidate who has already won statewide office as lieutenant governor. We've seen one debate already. Thursday night, we see the second debate between uh, uh, Mandela Barnes, the Democratic nominee for Senate in Wisconsin taking on uh, Ron Johnson, quite possibly one of the dumbest people in the Senate. Uh, And and that would be a pickup, so that would put the Democrats at 53. And they stand a chance in Florida. Uh, Hold on, let me pull up the debate schedule. We still get a Demings-Rubio... debate in Florida and Demings is closer. That is on October 18th. So is that a week from tonight? We get Val Demings, Marco Rubio in the Florida Senate. We're going to be watching the Florida Senate debate. Uh, Colorado is going to be close. If the, that might be a pickup for uh, Republicans. We're going to watch the debate. For the Colorado Senate seat between Bennett and O'Day on October 19th. So we are not going to get a debate between uh, Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire and Bulldog, the Trump-backed Republican candidate. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Democrats are going to do well is just the, the Republicans nominated the shittiest-ass candidate. We're not going to get a debate between Shapiro Mastriano in Pennsylvania that I know of yet, but I am going to be checking in on that one. That one is still up in the air. Unfortunately, we're not going to get a Chambers and Kennedy debate in Louisiana, just like we didn't get a Paul uh, Booker debate in Kentucky, unfortunately. And we're still we're still holding out hope that we're going to get a. Uh, Tony Evers and Michael's debate in uh, Wisconsin. 
We are getting Tudor Dixon, the Republican nominee in Michigan, debating Gretchen Whitmer in, uh, in the gubernatorial race. That is on Thursday, as well as the second Ron Johnson Mandela Barnes debate. Banana Rama! Good evening. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Sky Comet. So glad to see you. So that is that is my rundown of the Senate. I look up and down before crossing the street. That's fucking hilarious. Honey, I don't go outside much. <laughs> Actually, I've 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 probably walked a hell of a lot more places than you have, because I've gone a. I've driven a lot because I've driven for work in a lot of my jobs in my adult life, and I've also not had a vehicle several times in my adult life just because I don't want one. All love, baby. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Oh, I'm not a nice guy. That is completely uh, false. Survey says no on that one. <laughs> hey, Justin, are you trolling? Oh, goddamn. If you are new here and you want a, a summation of my political beliefs, I can sum it up with, with one simple phrase. I would give anything, anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Welcome, welcome. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm Justin Freegan. I do a rundown of the news. Sunday through Thursday. On Friday nights, we do a comedy show where we explore odd and interesting stories and just make fun of shit. Try to leave the politics behind. Because it gets depressing. I've got some depressing stories tonight, too. There's some death coming at you. But first, we're going to laugh at Herschel Walker. He is doubling down. And, guys, the Herschel Walker Raphael Warnock debate, that is this Friday. That is this Friday before the Friday Night Freak Show. Hold on, let me check my debate list, list again. I'll tell you what time is happening. I don't have a time, but it's probably like 7 or 8 o'clock. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Stay tuned. That's why you should watch the Troll Patrol every night. You get a complete rundown of the news. I'll let you know what's going on in the world of politics. Thursday night, we're watching the Michigan gubernatorial debate between Tudor Dixon and Gretchen Whitmer, as well as the second Ron Johnson Mandela Barnes debate in the Wisconsin Wisconsin Senate race. He, this time, this time Herschel Walker is doubling down on the fact that you well know there is a woman he didn't pay for no abortion. Says that she was in a long relationship. Or, or as Dana Loesch says, you know, he didn't pay no skanks for an abortion. As you well know, there is a woman. Phoebe, good evening. Says that she was in a long relationship yes. with you, has a ten-year-old son with you, that you paid for the cost of an abortion. Were you ever aware of her having an abortion? I know nothing about an abortion. I know it's a lie. And, and I said it was a lie, and I just move on. And that's why I say it's sad that people say October surprise, but you're destroying families. 
and 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 sir sir you destroyed your family with your actions i can't believe he is doubling down on this and saying it's a lie we just need to move on no motherfucker you are lying that's why we can't move on do you think we're stupid do you think we're fools do you think we're stupid you think we're fools Herschel? no and i said that uh this race is too important uh, for me to give up or for me to stop. So October surprise is not going to phase me. I know initially last week you were saying you weren't even sure who the woman was. But Which just is true. Long live skanks. I was not skank shaming yes. anybody. And have you had a conversation with her? Uh, not at all. So I didn't know who it was until uh, last week. And I went, oh, and I said, that's not true. Uh, this man goes beyond sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Proper sexual anarchy requires consent. It requires aftercare. It requires being a good partner. That is what proper sexual anarchy is. This, this man is in like felonious, sexual feloniousness. <laughs> he's fucking threatening people's lives. He's he's like blackmailing people and shit. No, no, no. I get blackmail is not the right word for this. And but uh, they still ran with it, and and so I said, you know, that's not true. I would say that's a lie. I call it a lie. Calling oh, you a liar. Right now, I said I'm going to go back to campaigning, and people can con- continue to do whatever they want with the story. If I can just get you to say a yes or a no, did you ever have a conversation with this woman at any time about an abortion? No. Did you ever, to your knowledge, give money to pay for the cost of an abortion? No. Is she lying? Yes, she's lying. Literally has the receipts. You can't just say you can't just say she's lying. She has the receipts. It has your name on it. My God, right wingers are morons. Right wingers are just absolute morons. The dumbest fucks walking the planet. Chip libs are pretty bad, too. Let's go to the L.A. City Council. What a wild story this is. After racist leaked recording, Los Angeles City Council President takes a leave. Joe Biden is calling for their resignations. Come on, man. Leaked audio of a conversation we played it last night between some of Los Angeles' top political players that included racist remarks has cascaded into multiple resignations that came to a head during a rowdy and at times chaotic city council meeting on Wednesday. Let's get the hold on. Let's be, I have a video talking about the city council meeting. We'll get the local news hit on this. Emotion and outrage filling council chambers here this morning in a heated meeting, the first since those leaked racist comments were made public by council member Nuri Martinez from a meeting involving her and fellow council members Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon. No, no, no. Be sure to point out. Be sure to point out the bullshit that the Automod is is taking out. The reason the Automod is, is kind of uh, strict instead of anything goes is because I've had a couple hate raids. 
So we, we had to bump up some security for a little bit. Now we've, we've got a little more lax, but the auto mod is still like, I think it's, it's the like second highest level or something. But we, we need to let it, you know, know, uh, we need to train it. Like I have to train my, my predicted text when I get a new phone. This morning, the chance of demonstrators filling council chambers, city council unable to... Oh my, oh my God, the, the Groiber incident, exactly, Phoebe. So, so, uh, <laughs> Sparkle's got a, a, uh, notification of what was going on in the Discord. She's like, they just came in, they shit all over the place. They shit and pissed everywhere, I had to clean it up. <laughs> Dustin Kanina, yes, the Autobot has PTSD from that incident. I didn't know what was going on. And I had just, I had just like gotten my YouTube back or something. Or no, no, oh no. That night I had been sober for like two or three weeks. I'd gone through a dry spell. I didn't have any money or my pot dealer was out or something. I don't even remember what it was. And I had just gotten stoned. And we're sitting, we're watching a committee hearing. And like Bernie's talking at a committee hearing. And I'm just like enjoying it and getting stoned as fuck. And all of a sudden, like, just like a bunch of people were subscribing and they had weird names. And uh, there's all kinds of just anti Semitic remarks in my chat. And, and, uh, Dalton Codheffer calls in and <laughs> I think and even, even some people in his chat were like, why did you do that to him? That wasn't cool. Like he was cool to you when you called in and he, he, he said, I blasphemed as God. And that's why he was okay with, with treating me like that and getting my, uh, my Twitch taken down. Uh, last time I heard anything about Dalton Codfelter, I think I said his name right that time. Fuck. Uh, I meant to say it wrong. Last time I heard, like, he got really drunk with a neo-Nazi or something, and they, they said some, like, pretty bad shit, which doesn't surprise me. But yeah, like, I, like, he's a troll patrol, and he's like, I'm gonna troll him. Well, like, he didn't expect me to, like, talk the way I talked to him. But, like, he just came in with F-bombs flying, and I, like, turned it around. Because, like, I didn't think about violating terms of service. Like, I, in my life, use the F-slur because I suck a little dick. I suck a little dick sometimes. So, so if somebody comes at me with that word and tries to use it as a slur, like, I start calling myself that word and stuff. And then, like, like, we're discussing, like, the the meaning of the word and stuff. And I didn't even think about me violating terms of service doing it. Oh, it goes deeper than that, Phoebe? Oh, shit. You're going to have to catch me up on it. I'm sorry to interrupt this story about the L.A. City Council. The chat got me uh, off track with the story of, of the time the, the Groypers came in here. Because this fucking story is wild. Let's go, let's go back to the beginning. This is the city council. This is the first meeting since the racist audio from the president and a couple other city council members was leaked 
Biden has called for resignations. Emotion and outrage filling council chambers here this morning in a heated meeting, the first since those leaked racist comments were made public by council member Nuri Martinez from a meeting involving her and fellow council members Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon. This morning, the chance of demonstrators filling council chambers. City council unable to start the meeting for a full hour from when it was supposed to begin. Interim <laughs> President Mitch O'Farrell repeatedly shouted down by the crowd. I I am down with these people. This is what I call kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Once public comment did begin, anger over that leaked meeting and demands for resignations. The comments of now former city council president Nuri Martinez and council member Kevin DeLeon and with the complicity of Gil Cedillo and the, and the former federation president Ron Herrera who were in the room laughing at these comments are racist, disgusting, and undermine the solidarity work that we've all been building here in Los Angeles. These four individuals have possibly damaged the decades of intentional and difficult work of building multiracial understanding and solidarity among black and Latinx communities. The recorded conversation causing a massive fallout at City Hall was among the people you see on your screen. Martinez, De Leon, and Cedillo, three Latino, Latinx members of City Council, and L.A. County Federation of Labor President Ron Herrera, who has since stepped down from his position. All of them have issued apologies. Nuri Martinez stepped down as council president, but not from her position on the council, and knew this morning, about an hour before the meeting began, a statement sent out from the councilwoman announcing she is taking a leave of absence. She wrote in part, you can take a look, we'll put it up on your screen, that this has been one of the most difficult times of her life. She recognizes this is entirely of her own making. Announcing that leave of absence also saying, I am... I don't know what to think about... Uh, Latinx. Her colleagues, also the city of Los Angeles. Here are just a few of her incendiary comments, including about Councilman Mike Bonin's adopted black son. The black and brown on this float, and then there's the, the white guy with the little black kid who's misbehaved. The kid is bouncing off the effing wall on the float, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. I say, Changito. This kid is a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Martinez also heard saying of L.A. District Attorney George Gascon, quote, F that guy, he is with the blacks, and also calling some Latinos in Koreatown ugly. The conversation mostly focused on the redistricting of the 15 council districts in a way that would benefit the council members. The discussion reportedly took place last October at the labor offices. It was leaked on Reddit earlier this month, but taken down. The L.A. Times and Knock L.A. obtaining the reports, releasing them over the weekend. Today, Councilman Mike Bonin starting the council meeting with an emotional speech. I, 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 want, I, I want to be able to forgive the offenses against me and my family, and I, I want to lead with, with love what and do? Uh, generosity and, and model the world we need to create, and I promise you I'll try.
But uh, to do so, first today I need to focus on love. I've got the full comments by him if you guys want to listen to him. He was the councilman that was being addressed in the racist comments by the by the president. Good morning, everybody. Thanks. It was his children she was attacking. I I I really really do not want to be here today. I, I want I can understand. I'm with my family right now. Also, believe he's gay. I am, but 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 I, I want to say a few words. Um, I am still trying to wrap my head around everything that was said and everything that is happening. Uh, my husband and I are both uh, raw and angry and heartbroken and sick. So I can imagine there's there's homophobia playing into the the hatred towards the family. And as an Angelino, like most Angelinos, uh, I am I am reeling from the revelations of what these people said. Trusted servants who voiced hate and bile. Public officials are supposed to call us to our highest selves. And these people stabbed us and shot us and, and cut the spirit of Los Angeles. It, 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 it gave a beatdown to the heart and the soul of this city. But before anything else in the world, I'm a dad. And I'm, and I'm a... Uh, I, I am a dad who I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a dad who loves his son in ways that words cannot capture, and I take a lot of hits. And in hell, I know I practically invite a bunch of them. But my son, man, that makes my soul bleed, and it makes my temper burn. And I know I'm not alone, because Los Angeles has spoken, and it feels the same way. And I also knew that the tapes contained much more, learned even more in the past couple of days, much more than the comments about my son. And as the, oh, I'm uh, sure they did. As, as the, the white father of a black child, you, you stumble and you, and you, and you, and you f*** up and you're, you, you try to do your, your best to be a parent and an ally. And I get it wrong a lot. I get it right sometimes. I, I knew that I did not want this story about virulent anti-black racism to be centered on an angry white dad. Uh, and you know, I was afraid this was going to be in a California section. It's been an international news. You know, th- th- these words. Sorry, dude. Sorry. They cut, uh, and 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 they stung. Um, you know, I know that I can never really know or comprehend or feel the the weight of the 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 
the daily relentless racism, anti-black racism that my son is going to face. But man, I know the fire that you feel when someone tries to destroy black boy joy. There's, there, there are a lot of people who are now asking for forgiveness. And, and a, a, asking for forgiveness is a good first step. But, well, it's a second step because first, first, you must resign and then ask for forgiveness. The pressure but, clearly but, seems to be there to make them resign. Here, um, people should not ask me for forgiveness because... Um, I, I, I can't forgive them because it's not my prerogative. Uh, it's the prerogative of a boy who is <clears throat> too young to really understand what the hell is going on. And when he's older, maybe when he's in high school, you can seek his forgiveness. Um, in the meantime, people that, 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 that love him are going to try to help him understand when a schoolmate mentions something, or when a well-meaning stranger approaches us on the street to say how horrified they are by what happened, or, and it kills us to know this is gonna happen a lot sooner than, than we like, when he does a Google search and he reads the actual words. So wait, he's 10, 11, is that what he said? Don't get me wrong, I, 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 I want, I, I want to be able to forgive the offenses against me and my family, and I, I want to lead with, with love and uh, generosity and, and model the world we need to create, and I promise you I'll try. But uh, to do so, first today I need to focus on love. I need to focus my mind and my heart and my family's attention on all those who have shown kindness and love to my, my wounded and hurting family. Uh, on these tapes, I have heard the worst of what Los Angeles is. From you, I am hearing and I'm seeing what the best of LA is. needs an enema. <laughs> from, from the sheriff's department. To the city cops, to the city council. He has a very big heart. And Los Angeles is going to heal. Uh, we can be, we can be, we can be, with a lot of work, a city where our reality matches our aspirations. We need to be a city that doesn't just issue a statement of indignation over something like this, but does the work to make sure that no little black boy, no young Latina, no kid anywhere hears this, and that no community feels disenfranchised and disempowered. And I, I have more than hope in, 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 in the pain and all of this. I have more than hope. I have, I have faith that that can happen. Thank you. Dustin, that is an interesting question, what was said behind closed doors during the L.A. riots, but don't we have some idea because of the Furman tapes from the O.J. Simpson trial that we have some idea of what the police 
we're saying behind closed doors. I we've just reported on scandal after scandal in LA. I hate to see it. I I don't know much about the city. I have been there once, but it was just a layover on my way to Honolulu. I've not actually been out and about in LA. I've been to California. I've been to like San Diego. But I've I've never got the chance to go out and about in LA. And I hate that. I want to do that sometimes. L.A. seems like my kind. I feel like I would fit in better in New York, but I would like the weather better in L.A. New York or Portland kind of more my style. I don't know. One of these days I'll end up in, in an actual city somewhere. San Diego was, was amazing. I loved San Diego. All right, when we come back from the other side of the break... Unfortunately, I got some real downer stories. So if you don't want to be around for the Parkland shooting uh, defense and prosecution's closing arguments, we're going to listen to those. Those are only about three minutes each. A South Carolina councilman and his family were shot dead. I'm sure that's a wild story. Uh, And we're going to talk about Alex Jones. So if you don't want to be around for that, give it about 20 minutes. 25 minutes and then you can come back in for uh Tulsi on uh Joe Rogan we're gonna talk about the Florida Surgeon General he's upset that uh his misinformation got banned from Twitter but they put it back up I'm gonna show you why it's misinformation Newsmax host is claiming he was canceled for not attacking Tucker Carlson and I teased it earlier Matt Walsh, man, man. Lizzo doesn't know that you fucking exist. You are insignificant. She is one of the most talented people on the planet. But since she doesn't know that you exist and you wanted to get on your show and throw out some fat phobic bullshit and trash my girl, I'm going to tear you a new asshole. I'm going to show why you are wrong, why Lizzo is a badass, and then we're going to watch her eating just because it's going to piss right-wingers off. If we get to it, we might talk about this football game. There's apparently some fuckery in the football game from last night. I I don't know anything about the, the football but we might we might delve into that and get get the lowdown, all that and more on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol live. Seriously, I could I could just leave that video up, become a right winger. Nobody, they wouldn't give a shit. I can't I can't think like a right winger. I can't, like, I don't understand the way right-wingers think. I'm so far out of whatever their wavelength is, I couldn't pretend to be one. That time that I pretended to be a right-winger for April Fool's, and we did the Patriot Patrol, I ended up just being racist. That's all I could come up with. 
I was like, oh shit, I gotta take this off of off of YouTube because I was like, that's totally unacceptable. <laughs> I had to take it down and edit it out and put it back up. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't understand how to be a right winger. Oh, you guys are still singing the, the, you're still singing 16, uh, <laughs> what, is, tons, tons, I've got tones in here in the, uh, in the chat so often, I was fucked up on the actual title of the song. You're gonna mentor me? About what? I've gotta figure out how to say your name here. Musalopsy? Musalopsy? Musopsalopsips? Motherfucker, OBS crashed on me? What? That's nonsense. What are you gonna mentor me in? This is like the second time this happened to me in the last couple weeks. First, tell me how to say your name. Second, tell me what you're going to mentor me in. Mississippi. Is one of my cats going to come running? Missalopsisy. I feel like I'm so close, but yet so far. Masalopsy. Masalopsy. I don't know. I'm just going to ignore the the thing that says OBS has crashed. <laughs> I feel like if I, if I click if I click yes, it'll it'll make OBS go away. But if I don't do anything, it's just going to keep going. Oh, you you can coach me on how to think like a right winger. I I need it. I need it because like I would never be able to pull off the grift. I actually want to make money. I feel like I got to go right wing. I got to pull the Dave Rubin. But like, I, I, I also like, I feel a obligation. This is one of the reasons I've worked in media for over 20 years, but now like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to strike out and do this independently. And just not like no local station I have worked for has has fit my definition of what news should be. Clearly, if I was on terrestrial, like if you could give me control of a TV station, the first thing I'm going to do is not going to be like, all right, everybody's going to drop F-bombs and we're going to smoke pot on the air. That is like, we're not going to change it to be like the Troll Patrol. Like, I would actually run it like a TV. Like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but my suggestion to the TV station that I worked for was that, and this was 2016 time, 2017. I'm like, the future is in content that can go viral and is more evergreen. So, like, 
on on broadcast television, you you kind of get in the habit of always saying today and this and blah, like this afternoon and always being immediate because of the immediacy of television. You're really want to, wanting to stress the urgency. But like I was suggesting that the anchors, they're the ones doing the rapid fire stories. And then you cut to your reporters that have done a package and the package needs to be three to five minutes. Cause that's what goes viral on the internet. And it needs to be more evergreen. It's about something that's happening in the community. It's about uh, a story they've looked into and, and you're not putting that immediacy of like, Oh, today this happened, blah, blah, blah. And we've dived uh, delved into this. It is breaking news, breaking news. But they went the opposite way. They wanted to sensationalize everything. And I was like, no, you want to do these little news pieces that you can then cut up and put on the internet. And then they'll go viral. And it drives people to watch the live show more. But no, no, no. That's not how they wanted to do business. The, the, but that's the capitalistic incentive that you kind of you want to. What I was what I was proposing is a strategy that takes time. It takes patience. It takes two or three years of of content posting um, with regularity on all the platforms. It, 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 you don't see the return on on investment, the ROI immediately. That's what they wanted. They wanted to juice the ratings. And it's... I I don't know. It's the same thing in corporate America that you want to show a profit in this quarter. There's, there's an immediacy that you want to show earnings, blah, 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 up. Nobody wants to take the time and invest in a good product. That will pay off in the long run, and that's that's one of the things that really fucks with me about the the capitalism and the capitalistic incentive. I don't want to I don't want to say capitalism because capitalism is an overwhelming structure, and and I think the the easiest way to deal with it is piecemeal, piece by piece, and, and changing certain sectors. So I, I kind of like the idea of t- t- talking about the capitalistic incentive in each uh, uh, sector of the economy and breaking it down so it's more digestible and really pointing out what the problem is. Because, like, a lot of right-wing anger really comes down to the capitalistic incentive. I tried to point that out with, with Rob Neuer, but he just wanted to be pissed off about dumb shit because Trump told him to. How to tell a Facebook friend you just masturbated to them. Mine go up. Printer go brr. That's what it fucking... I can agree with right-wingers on a lot of things, especially the libertarians. We saw that with the with the... What debate was it? We've watched so many goddamn debates now. Was it Nevada? We watched the Nevada debate? What debate did we watch? Where's my debate list? And there was a libertarian. 
Oh, it was the Arizona debate. We watched the Arizona debate and they had a libertarian. And like, there's so much stuff that I can agree on. But then when it comes down to it, they're like, but the solution is freer markets. And it's like, no, no, you, you've properly identified the problem and then got the policy prescription completely wrong. All because you want to fuck kids. Because that's what it comes down to with libertarians. They want to diddle little kids. Don't diddle kids. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with those people. And believe me, believe me, I I wish that I had made the joke earlier in the debate about don't ask him about the age of consent because the motherfucker actually did it. <laughs> We're like 40 minutes into the debate and he's like, reasonable people can disagree on things like the age of consent. And I'm like, God damn it, he did it. (laughs) Weirdo motherfuckers. Oh shit. Uh, Phoebe coming in here on a back horse. You live in sexual anarchy. Not to whore shame. Not that that is a bad thing. All right. Content warning on this next one. It's gruesome, it seems. Heartbroken and in shock. A state of disbelief right now. Can't believe it. A community stunned tonight after learning 52-year-old Atlantic Beach Councilman James DeWitt II is one of three people shot and killed over the weekend. You know, the councilman DeWitt, the good young councilman, uh, pillar in our community, and so heartbroken. James DeWitt was found along with Gloria DeWitt inside of a home in Richland County near Columbia on Sunday. Richland County sheriffs say they were contacted to do a welfare check on the home when the bodies were found. They're real nice neighbors. Um, they don't bother nobody. I know her husband, he goes to work and he comes home. WMBF News has learned the DeWitts split their time between Atlantic Beach and Richland County. Horry County Police say they responded to a home in Conway also on Sunday and found 52-year-old Natasha Stevens dead with apparent gunshot wounds. The joint agency investigation between Richland County and Horry County Police brought them here to the DeWitt Apartments where they executed a search warrant. Horry County um, Police Department is leading the investigation, but the suspect they were looking for was in the town of Landon Beach. The suspect, identified as 25-year-old Matthew Allen DeWitt, now being held at J. Rubin Law detention center his exact charges are pending in the meantime two communities wait did he leaving. have something to do with the apartment building council member that just got we did that story last night tones um he always was a kid that was eating the hamburger the beach he'd been good to the police department when i first met him i really liked him i said this is a cool guy he's just down to earth you know he's just real mellow you know and uh, like I said, I hate it. I'm, I'm in shock now. I just can't believe it, man. I am so hurt. I'm so hurt. Investigators say the suspect and the victims are related, but a motive for the shootings has not been released. In Atlantic Beach, Eric Richards, WMBF News. Oh, you're cool, Tones. No, we're, like, I, I was again talking about, like, uh, broadcasting techniques. I always wonder, like, what I should do. When somebody brings up a story that we, we've we've covered, 
Fucking live in sexual anarchy. I'm I'm all about You it. live in sexual anarchy? I mean, I mean, however asexuals like, you know, uh get their get their jollies off, do it in anarchy and you're totally good. Or you can be a whore of it. You can be a whore in a lot of ways, I'm pretty sure. But like like should I, should I like, ah, oh, check out the clip on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. When somebody brings up a story that we covered as a way to, like, is a broadcasting or does that make me an ass on streaming? <laughs> like, these are the conversations I have with myself in my head. Ooh, ooh. Because we, we did indeed do that story. I even clipped it for YouTube. Top fired for shooting innocent teen. As well, he should be. I can't believe, and like, it is something I ranted about last night because I can't believe the kid was charged. They dropped the charges, but they still, they have a right to charge him later, but we're not going to shackle him to his bed. Holy fucking Baby. Baby. Maybe we want to do some things I can't uh, uh, can't say because of TOS. I'm just... Ooh, 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 it gets my blood boiling indeed. And this, <laughs> I made a... Uh, I made like a TikTok little short out of my little rant about not trusting the cops last night. Uh, it's gotten a lot of downvotes. <laughs> There's a lot of cop suckers out there. Yeah, don't call the cops. Cops have no duty to protect you. Put that shit up on like the YouTube shorts and the uh, the TikTok and shit. I'm trying to gear some of my content towards the TikTok. Since, since Twitter keeps banning me. I'd rather be over on Twitter. But since they keep banning me, I'll go to TikTok. Okay, okay, okay. Let me hit the content warning for this one. We're going to be covering the penalty trial for the Parkland shooter. Uh, Nicholas Cruz, he's a little piece of shit. We've even seen video of him. He attacked a guard inside the, uh, the jail he was being held in. He was just like talking shit to the guard and the guard was just like leaning up against the, uh, the stair. I mean like nobody to root for in the situation cause ACAP means that guard too. But like Nicholas Cruz is a piece of shit, but like the, the kid was just talking shit and then just went over and just like cold cocked the guard and he hit his head on the, uh, on the stairs that he was leaning up against. Uh, but this is the defense and I think I've asked you guys in the chat several times, like this is one of those cut and dry cases where I might be able to be convinced that the death penalty is warranted because what, what, what redeeming quality, but uh, as a principle, I'm, I'm uh, all about abolishing the death penalty. 
I think I've come around to, like, he deserves life in prison. This this trial shouldn't have even took place. This has been just a sentencing trial. He pled guilty to the charges against him. This trial, which is drug on for weeks, opened up old wounds. The judge has, has, has tried to sensationalize it, I think, for attention. It's been a mess. It should have never happened. He should have just been sentenced to life in prison. And honestly, if you are thinking of it from a punitive standpoint, I've been to jail a couple times for just a day, and it is fucking, it's maddening. So a life sentence is is torture. This is the defense making the argument that Nicholas Cruz should be given life in prison. What else could we learn by keeping Nicholas Cruz alive. We could use him to learn, to educate others. Objection, not in evidence. Sustained. It's mitigation. Sustained. Mentally. And also, I feel sorry for this defense attorney, the whole defense attorney. They're, they're public defenders. They are underpaid. They are overworked. And my God, is this a high-pressure trial. Individuals that are not mentally ill do not take their hemorrhoid blood and write 666 on the cell, on the wall of their cell. Think about that. He's not mentally ill. He doesn't have a neurodevelopmental disorder. A vote for death is a vote that will execute every part of his body, even the parts that he can contribute to the society. There are people that love him. Scarlett Lewis loves him. Trish Devaney loves him. Paul Gold loves him. His brother loves him. Pastor Black loves him. He means something to people. Sustain. If there are things that were not brought forth in evidence, Ms. McNeil, you cannot talk about them. Everyone agrees that even if you don't like those individuals that are voting for life, that you would respect their verdict. And when that person makes a decision that life is the appropriate penalty, we're done. You can ring the buzzer. This is a personal moral decision, like the decision you make when you decide to marry someone or not get married. What religion you want to practice, if you choose to practice a religion. Do I have children? Where do I send my, school, my children to school? It's that personal. So look into your heart, look into your soul, The right thing here, not the popular thing, is a life sentence. And if you have to ask yourself, how do I know if I'm making the right decision? If you follow the law, you're making the right decision. And I promise you that one day, I don't know when, but one day, I promise you, 
you will ask yourself, did I make the right decision? You will never regret voting for life. You can show Nicholas Cruz all the things that he did not show those 17 victims. You can show him the things that he least deserves. Compassion, grace, and mercy. Grace is not a limited resource. Compassion is not a limited resource. I thought Grace died. Mercy is not a limited resource. Sentencing Nicholas Cruz to life is the right thing to do. So I now put in your hands his life. There were parts of that that I found effective, but overall, ah, she didn't do a good job. But as I said, I feel really, I feel really bad for her. I'm sure she is overworked, underpaid, and completely underprepared for this kind of situation. This was the prosecution's closing argument. The defense for Parkland's shooter, Nicholas Cruz, asked the jury to spare his life, saying he's oh. broken. Closing arguments happen today in his penalty phase trial. However, the prosecution is asking for the death penalty. Reporter Christina Vasquez is covering the trial in South Florida. The local news hit. I'm sorry. I thought I had the actual prosecution. What he was doing, he was hunting his victims. Lead prosecutor Michael Sachs. It's a systematic massacre. Reminding jurors of Nicholas Cruz's planning for mass murder. My name is Nick, and I'm going to be the next school shooter of 2018. That was his plan. He carried it out. And the brutal way medical examiners had testified about how they died. To include Jamie Guttenberg. And as she runs, he shoots her and hits her in the back. It severs her spinal cord. Gina Montalto's father shaking his head in anguish when Sats reminded jurors of his daughter's defensive and contact wounds. The end of that M&P 5.56 AR-15 style rifle was right up against her chest. Telling jurors the state has proven beyond a reasonable doubt his actions were cold, calculated, and premeditated, heinous, atrocious, and cruel. It's unrelentlessly cruel the appropriate it's hard to argue with the prosecution cruise is the death penalty do we kill brain damaged mentally ill broken people do we i hope not lead defense attorney melissa mcneil this phase of the trial of the proceedings is not about accountability told jurors their client took responsibility for his actions by pleading guilty to the 17 murder counts one year ago this month. The decision that has to be made by each of you individually is how he should be punished. In her closing argument, asking the jurors to focus on what shaped the Parkland shooter. She poisoned him in her womb. Brain damage from an alcohol and drug addicted birth mother. Crack addicted prostitute who sold her body to get high. An adoptive mother, Linda Cruz. He bought his first gun. 
It feels like they just threw everything at the wall. Literally days after being designated a vulnerably mentally ill adult by the department. That's the problem. Who the defense has argued he lags gun laws that allowed him to get his hands delays, anxiety, aggression, on firearms by fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. You are about to make one of the most important decisions that you may ever make in your entire life. And you will have to live with your decision for the rest of your life. But sentencing Nicholas to life is the... Reinforcing that they will have to live with that decision is probably the best thing she could do, but like... It's an impossible situation. It's an impossible situation to be in. Luckily for those of us who may be on the side of life in prison, as she said, it only takes one juror. It only takes one of them saying life. And that, and it has to be unanimous for the death penalty. I'll take this time to remind all the children that may be watching this. Shoot up drugs, not schools. I, it's just an impossible situation. He should have never been allowed to get his hands on a firearm to begin with. There's enough murder in the world. The state doesn't need to contribute to it. I, I, I agree. This is kind of a feel-good story when it comes to legal battles, I think. This morning, I instructed my office to dismiss the criminal case against Adnan Saeed following the completion of a second round of touch DNA testing of items that were never tested before. Those items include skirt, pantyhose, shoes, and jacket of Miss Hei Min Lee. My office received notice of these results on Friday this morning, I personally reached out to the victim's attorney to inform Ms. Lee's family of the DNA findings and my decision to dismiss the case. We attempted to wait for confirmation of notice before releasing anything publicly, but we still, at this point, have not heard back from that attorney. Equally heartbreaking is the pain and the sacrifice and the trauma that has been imposed, not just on that family, but Adnan and his family, who together spent 23 years in prison for a crime as a result of a wrongful conviction. Although my administration was not responsible for neither the pain inflicted upon Heyman Lee's family nor was my administration responsible. You didn't have to say that, man. You did not have to say you are a representative of the the municipality that did that to him. You are speaking on behalf of that government. Has nothing to do with whose administration it was. Just fucking suck it up, ma'am. You did not have to preface that. That pisses me off. As a representative of the institution, 
It is my responsibility to acknowledge and to apologize to the family of Heyman Lee and Adnan Saeed. As the administrator of the criminal justice system, it's my duty to ensure that justice is not delayed, justice is never denied, but justice be done. Today, justice is done. And that means today, tomorrow, and until my administration ends, we will continue to utilize every available resource to prosecute whoever is responsible for the death of Hey Min Lee. So I never, I, I did not uh, partake upon the podcast. I think I watched like a New York Times documentary about it. Apparently, the dude is totally innocent. A lot of people believe he is totally innocent. Someone who is not innocent is Alex fucking Jones. The Texas Secretary of State says that Alex Jones unleashed hell on our election people. Texas Secretary of State John Scott, in an interview with Texas Monthly, published yesterday, decried the absurd amount of threats faced by election workers in recent years, pointing the finger at conspiracy theorists such as Alex Jones. The InfoWars guys unleashed hell on our election people. Law enforcement officials have pointed to a worrying trend of rising threats against election personnel and infrastructure, particularly in the wake of the 2020 election, which former President Trump and many of his supporters have falsely said was skewed by voter fraud. Texas Monthly pointed to a survey conducted by the Brennan Center for Justice that found that one in six election workers has received threats because of their job. Now, Alex Jones is currently on trial again for defamation. We are awaiting a verdict. That one has gone to the jury. This is day two of waiting for a verdict. Yeah, hi, guys. And here's what I can tell you. Uh, This is a very detailed and conscientious jury that we're talking about. So far, they have broken off deliberations four separate times to ask the court a question. And that is exactly what they are supposed to do if they need any clarity. It shows that they are taking their task seriously. Day 16 in the Alex Jones trial, the jury broke off deliberations to ask the court a question. Can you please clarify the meaning of this, signed and dated by your foreperson? They wanted the court had to a bowl of chili. the meaning of this one line in their mission statement, a line addressing compensatory damages. It is archaic yes. uh, introductory language that probably is suited for a personal injury case where there's like a physical injury. The language dates back to the U.S. Supreme Court of 1875. Before making a decision what to tell the jury, the judge heard input from both the plaintiff's attorneys. That language is archaic and taken in isolation. It can be confusing. And the defense. I think it's inappropriate to comment on the charge in, in, in such a way as to diminish any portion of it. The judge ultimately made the decision to tell the jury this. I can answer your um, question as follows. Focusing on one or two sentences in isolation when considering a jury charge can often be unhelpful or confusing. Therefore, you should not single out particular words, phrases, or sentences, and you should consider the charge as a whole. If you find it helpful, I can tell you that my review of the charge... 
And then tell us what it means, though. That 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 wording is incredibly confusing. Charge shows both general and specific discussions of damages throughout the charge. If you have any additional questions on this issue or any other issue for that matter, please follow the same procedure. She said, "Not my problem." yourself how come it's taking so long for the jury to come up with a decision all they need to do is come up with a dollar amount it's actually a little bit more complicated than that the jury needs to award those dollar amounts for each individual 15 uh, one of the 15 plaintiffs in this case they also need to decide if they just want to award punitive damages which is essentially a small amount that would only include attorney's fees or compensatory damages, which is as little as $1, but has no maximum, no cap at all. Um, and we should mention that right before the jury was adjourned for the day, they came back and handed the judge yet another note. They want to review the testimony of William Sherlock. His wife, Mary, was one of the people who was killed at Sandy Hook School. So the judge will have that ready first thing tomorrow morning for them to hear. We're live here outside Waterbury Superior Court. So it is possible we will get a a dollar figure on what Alex Jones is going to owe in this defamation trial. I believe there is one more still to come. At least. I'm sure some other people can throw some defamation charges at him. Let's move to one of Alex Jones's friends. Joe Rogan had Tulsi Gabbard on his podcast, and she had this to say. And frankly, Joe, this is something that I've I've been um, I've been trying to fight against within the Democratic Party back when I was vice chair of the DNC uh, for years, and it's it's gotten to a point where um, those who have been in charge for a long time remain in charge. Uh, are not willing to change, and uh, and so I'm 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 leaving the Democratic Party. Is that the speech? Yeah, you're leaving the Democratic. I'm leaving party. the Democratic Party because I've tried to enact that change from within. It's not I I I I don't see the Democratic Party as being savable, and I know that I can make an impact uh, more. From the outside, and, I, and, and frankly, I just I can't be associated and stand by uh, this this insanity that's been going on and continues to worsen day by day. Are you going to be an independent? Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard was a Democrat. Pennsylvania State Rep. Malcolm Kenyatta. Clap back on Twitter. Wait, Tulsi Gabbard was a Democrat? I would like more clarification. You want to give us more clarification, Tulsi? Let me go to Twitter here. In today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven by cowardly wokeness. Who divide us by racializing it. Ooh, ooh, cowardly wokeness. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. I'm sure she's one of the, the wokes have taken over the military types. 
I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful Come elite. on, man! Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrat. See, it's another one of those where there's truth to what she's saying, but the prescription for it is not the proper prescription. It's not to go on Fox News and bitch about censorship. These people, these people are harnessing a a true mistrust of of a capitalist class that is really doing us wrong and they're using it to grift and it annoys the fuck out of me Ugh. and like Tulsi Tulsi is one of those where like I can't hit the right wingers or morons right I don't think she's a moron I think there is either there's either a malicious intent there or or I can I can be convinced that through cognitive dissonance and a financial incentive you know when 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 your paycheck depends on having a certain opinion you can talk yourself into believing some bullshit especially a smart person those are the worst. Like your your run of the mill Trump supporters that are dumb, they're just they're just dumb. You just write them off. But there are smart people that have talked themselves into some bullshit. And those are the that's, that's the cognitive dissonance that they've they've made really good arguments for why they believe what they believe. Rob Noer may be one of those people that he's he's kind of intelligent and it fucks him over. RB, don't be creepy. You live in sexual anarchy. Sexual anarchy uh, requires consent. No, no, no sexualizing. Even Gabby, uh, Gabby, I almost call her Gabby Gifford. Tulsi Gabbard. Gabby Gifford's all right. She got shot in the head for democracy, so she cool. Congrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction... Oh, she's doing a walk-away campaign. ...democratic party ideologues are taking our country, and I invite you to join me. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Yeah, you can, you can be a really smart person and convince yourself of some really dumb shit if you want to believe it. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying about, like, the media plays into this. Because 
you've got every flavor of whatever kind of fucking propaganda you can you can consume. So you can go out and you can specifically purchase the propaganda that suits your viewpoint. That's not a good thing. I don't know what the solution is to that problem, though. That's above my pay grade. And like, this is, this is one of those, I don't know what to do about this. The Florida Surgeon General was blocked from sharing a COVID vaccine study on Twitter. And he called it an enormous deal. He went on with Tucker Carlson, which I guess I gotta give you a content warning. You're gonna have to see Tucker Carlson. He went on with Tucker Carlson to uh, get upset about the censorship he faced from Twitter. Joseph Adapo is a physician. He's got credentials equal to any doctor in the United States. He's now no, actually, no, 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 no. His his superior at the hospital that Ron DeSantis picked him from actually said he was extremely unqualified. He didn't have any credentials, and Ron DeSantis just picked him, mainly because, you know, uh, I'm going to assume his demographic had something to do with it. You'll see what I mean here in a second. And the fact that he was willing to say some complete fucking Joseph nonsense Adapo during COVID. Is a physician. He's got credentials equal to any doctor. Joseph Adapo is a physician. Hey. That was weird. So on Twitter, he recently announced the results of an analysis conducted by the Department of Health in the state of Florida. And it found a, quote, 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old. By the way, that is not true. YouTube, please make sure that you do not take me down because that is not true at all. And I'm going to show how it's not true here in just a second. So you'd think that would be leading the New York Times, but no, everyone's trying to make those facts go away. Twitter removed that tweet, which described the findings. Twitter also suspended Dr. Ladapo's account. Now, even in this country in 2022 under Biden, people thought that was crazy. So there was an outcry and Twitter later reversed the decision. But the fact they did it in the first place tells you everything. Dr. Joseph Adapo is the author of Transcend Fear, a blueprint for mindful leadership in public health. Oh, my God. And he's hogging a book, too. For every single segment on cable news, they have a book. I'm going to write a book. I've, I've, I've had ideas for books. I'm going to write everybody else. Write a fucking book. I'm going to write a book for coming on. Um, the response to this is, is shocking. You would think people would want to know because unless I'm misreading that summary, this is a, you'll have me on cable news. If I write a book, Tucker, it's an enormous deal. I, t- I talked to people and there's been so much confusion as you know, over the past few years, that people have trouble sometimes even identifying when something has so clearly crossed the line. So yes. I ask people sometimes who are still, he- you know, hemming and hawing about this, if this, if this vaccine, if it had been known two years ago or so that this vaccine would increase cardiac death. That is not true. 100% not true. Proved it. The obvious answer is no, you would never give something to someone who was young and healthy and You're right. the risk of dying from 
cardi- from sudden cardiac death by 84 percent. But that's so not true. And their response is, well, you know, I don't know. COVID's pretty bad. Yes, COVID can be terrible, but we don't give people medications that kill them. That so, is not true. There's been so much confusion. But I mean, it's true that we yes, don't give them medications that, that kill them. And it was a surprise, but that's that's what the numbers show. Well, it's no. shocking, and it has, I mean, considering, you know, 200 million Americans uh, took this drug at, at gunpoint, they were forced to, um, this has massive implications. At gunpoint, they were forced to. The Gestapo came to your house and forced you to take a vaccine. That literally happened. There are 50 states. Why is yours the only that's telling us this? Well, I think, frankly, it's because we are the only one that's asked the question. And, you know, again, it's just a reflection of how many things have been so backwards during the pandemic. Of course, you look more closely at cardiac adverse events when you you already know that the vaccine is increasing the incidence. It is not. Holy shit. He keeps making the claim over and over again, which I just want to point out is not true. Social media users shared that like he didn't even do it himself because this is an old article. This is from seven months ago. He just read something on Facebook and he's saying, we did a study in Florida. He's just passing off shit he saw on Facebook. And because he's a doctor, he's saying it's true. Social media users are sharing a false claim that people aged 25 to 44 in the United States experienced an 84% increase in excess mortality due to the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Uh, the posts include a two-minute video of Edward Dowd, who described himself as an equity investment executive. <laughs> Speaks about the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, data on the War Room show with former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Dowd does not have any medical or public health background listed on his LinkedIn page. The CDC uh, notes that on the page that there are several limitations to the data, saying it is provisional and incomplete. The estimates presented may be an early indication of excess mortality related to COVID-19, which not be interpreted, uh, but should be interpreted with caution until confirmed by other data sources, such as the state or local health departments. Oh, apparently Florida saying he's confirmed. Uh, So if you would like, if you would like to read the Reuters fact check on that, boom is in the chat. Had to cut him. I don't want. I don't want another. I don't want another misinformation. YouTube, please be good to me. I thought I handled that well. Speaking of Tucker Carlson here, this former Newsmax host says he was canceled says he was canceled because he wouldn't attack Tucker. This is Greg Stinchfield. Me. Why would they cancel Stinchfield? In case you've been wondering where Stinchfield has been, like I have, I've totally been wondering where the fuck Greg Stinchfield has been. To this day, I don't really have a reason 
They told me that I didn't make. Hold on, we got to give them a. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Inroads, uh, ratings inroads, that is, against Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson's doing 3 million people a night. We were doing 300,000. To me, actually, that's great inroads against a beast. I mean, Tucker Carlson is probably the best conservative talker on cable TV there is out there right now. And we were making strides against him, but Newsmax was not happy. We weren't making enough strides against him. So what did Newsmax want me to do to make those strides? Ooh, Well, if you can believe it, they wanted me to go after Tucker Carlson to attack him. And I had a real hard time with this because to me, Tucker Carlson, I would say is number two to President Trump as the leader of the Republican Party. Really? That's a hell of a statement. That's a hell of a... He just wanted to lick Tucker's butthole. That's where he got his name Stinchfield from. There's not a politician, a Republican politician in America today that not does not take a cue from Tucker Carlson over on Fox News. That's just the reality of things. Were there little things I could find to disagree with him on? Yeah, conservatives don't agree on everything, but by and large, really? I always believed there is strength in numbers. And the fight that we are taking to the left, the fight to save America, especially now with President Trump gone, was far too important than to go after Tucker Carlson. Him and I were fighting for the same thing. Yes, Fox News is our competitor. Yes, Fox News strayed from the conservative values that it was founded on. But Fox News wasn't really the enemy. And honestly, Tucker Carlson isn't the enemy either, by far. So this idea that there's strength in numbers... I don't know about that. They didn't want me to follow that. They wanted me to go after There you have it. They wanted wanted Stinchfield to go after Tucky Boy. Which, I mean, makes sense. That's what you do when you're the, like, number two in a field. You punch up at other people. Like, that's... Newsmax was right on that one. Like, it's the reason why I've been going after, uh, uh, uh... What, what is... What's the dude's name? I'm even drawing a blank. Jackson Hinkle. That's why I've been going after Jackson Hinkle. That's how that's how insignificant my beef with Jackson Eagle is. I forgot his fucking name. I figured I'd like I'm tired because of all the election bullshit and the debates we've been doing. I figured he's he's pretty tired leading into the election. I figured I'd come at him in November. And, and, and check back in and be like, hey, can I get my Jackson Hinkle debate? I want my I want my Jackson Hinkle debate. Fucking there's a lot of irony when Jordan Peterson talks. <laughs> Alright, when we come when we come back from the other side of the break. Okay, okay. I had to find out why right-wingers were upset with PayPal. So now you have to find out why right-wingers were upset with PayPal. Kanye West, apparently as a, as a big dick slinging move, 
showed porn to an Adidas executive. We've, we've got like we've got video of it. If we get time, and I feel like it, we're going to talk about the controversy in the Chiefs Raiders game. I don't know what's going on, but apparently it's a thing. It's got video to watch and shit. And it might be fun. Sometimes I dabble in a little sporty ball. Let's see what's going on over here in the sporty ball. And then and then I've been teasing it all night. Lizzo has no clue who Matt Walsh is. Matt Walsh wanted to say some inflammatory bullshit about Lizzo on his show. So I'm going to put Matt Walsh in his place. I'm going to explain why Lizzo is a badass. And then we're going to watch Lizzo eating a burrito. Just because it makes right wingers pissed off. We're gonna watch, we're gonna watch Lizzo eat a burrito to own the right wingers. That sounds like a fun time to me. All that and more on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol live. And, like, what Seth Rollins has done with the the name freaking just pisses me off. If you got, have you guys seen, like, he's got this annoying fucking song. Oh, like, his suits are kind of bad. Like, I can, I can give him props on, on, on the way he dresses. His ring attire, like when he has ties on, though, I don't like his ties ever. <laughs> but but his his like wild suits he wears, I'm down with. But like his whole entrance and shit is annoying as fuck. I don't like Seth Rollins, and I don't like what he's done with my name. It's pissing me off. Sir, you cannot have, you cannot have, please help me sue Seth Rollins, guys, because I do not like what he has done with the freaking name. And I, like, I needed to trademark that shit years ago. Fuck. I'm worked up over (laughs) Give me back my name, Seth Rollins. Go back, go back to a character I like, because I don't like whatever the fuck you're doing now. I, I do like Mario Kart, though. Rainbow Road is a bitch. Alright, alright, alright. What we got next? Already have it up. Oh no, Stinchfield's still up. Hold on. David the Tutor. Thank you for thank you for the sub. I didn't I didn't even know you were following. But thank you for being a freaking follower as well. Oh holy shit. Murph. Thank you for the sub. Hell yeah. Oh, Tones out here giving out gift subs. Shit, Tones. You are amazing. Damn, thank you, Tones. Woo. 
I love all you people that aren't even in 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 the chat or if you're lurkers. Girl of the Gray usually here for our debates. We've got uh, a debate coming up on Thursday. We got two of them coming up on Thursday. We uh, we have a big one coming up on Friday. On Thursday, we have Gretchen Whitmer and uh, Tudor Dixon in the Michigan gubernatorial race. We also have Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson in the second, second uh, Senate race, uh, Senate debate in Wisconsin. And then Friday, I cannot wait for Friday. That is the Georgia Senate debate between Herschel Walker and the incumbent Democratic Senator. Raphael Warnock. Thank you so much, Tones. You are awesome. I greatly appreciate it. And and all of them will appreciate having no commercials through the fucking election season and all the, the streaming we will be doing over the next three weeks. Holy shit. We have so much shit. I can't wait for Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock on Friday. And if anybody here is new, I saw a few people jump in. I can summarize my political beliefs with one one phrase. I would give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy. At this point, like just like Crenshaw has kind of become irrelevant. His party hates him. And like he's not really doing anything that we need to talk about. So I just bring it up because I like pissing in Dan Crenshaw's eye hole. It's just funny to I get my rocks off with that uh graphic. Pissing in Dan Crenshaw's eye. I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a bluegrass song about pissing in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Don't hold me to that. I've had song ideas before, but I'm not musically inclined. Ah. Don't worry, don't worry. We got it over here. How to delete PayPal trends after the app announces it will fine people $2,500 for misinformation. I had no clue what right-wingers were all upset about when it came to PayPal, so I had to fucking look it up. PayPal has gotten into trouble with customers over a new misinformation policy that it introduced and rolled back immediately. The new policy in the payment company's fine print said that it would fine users $2,500 for misinformation starting on November 3rd. On Monday, PayPal backtracked and said that the earlier policy was sent in error. The California-based company said the new update included incorrect information and sparked intense backlash on social media from the likes of, like, Kevin Sorbo. PayPal is not fining people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We're sorry for the confusion this has caused, a spokesperson for the company said. Now, as I have said many times on this show, I'm always... Always on the lookout for these these weird ad campaigns. Outrage. Outrage generates a lot of uh, exposure. 
You can do something that pisses off right wingers like Dr. Seuss did by canceling their book, like uh, like uh, the Pearl Mining Company or whatever it's called did by changing Aunt, Jema- Aunt Jemima. Like, if you do something like that shit, and you can spark outrage in the right wing, and then the left wing, like, makes fun of the right wing for the outrage, and you've got all kinds of free fucking marketing just because you did something. <laughs> just because you made one little change. Or you took a book out of circulation that wasn't selling well. It's insane how easy it is to manipulate these people. And, uh... The Pepsi campaign with the Kendall Jenner, was that who it was that stuck the flower in the gun uh, in, in the middle of the, the uh, protests in, not the, not the 2020 protests, but the end of like the 2024, the 2014 to 2015 kind of uh, Ferguson, hands up, don't shoot, the, the original uh, start of Black Lives Matter. Like, that commercial was specifically designed by an ad firm to piss people off. So, I wouldn't put it past some ad firm proposing to PayPal to do something like this to piss people off. Kevin Sorbo says PayPal isn't sorry, they're just mad they got caught. Last week, PayPal published a policy update prohibiting customers from using its services for activities identified by it as sending, posting, or publication of any messages, content, or materials promoting misinformation. This did not go down well with right-wing voices who fear that tech companies are targeting them due to their political beliefs. PayPal didn't think, decide, write an entire policy into play, create, draft, and send out emails to everyone about this policy out of accident. I agree! It was sent very purposefully to make people like yourself, who are idiots, outraged to tweet about PayPal. Because right-wingers are morons. I don't... I don't have evidence of this, but if I had to guess, I would say that is the truth. Because he's correct. It wasn't an accident. Let's not play games here. They revoked the policy because it backfired in their face. Just own it. I don't think it backfired. PayPal quickly apologized for the confusion after the hashtag PayPal canceled started trending on Twitter. The the cancel culture, the anti-cancel culture people wanted to cancel PayPal. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Policy received criticism from a number of high-profile individuals, including the company's own former president, David Marcus. It's hard for me to openly criticize a company I used to love and gave so much to, but PayPal's new AUP goes against everything I believe in. A private company now gets to decide to take your money if you say something they disagree with. Insanity. Elon Musk, of course, chimed in and said agreed. I'm going to take this opportunity. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to let the chat decide. I'm going to let the chat decide. Do you want the small right-wing content creator uh, that wears a mask by the name of Daniel Malice 
Do you want his opinion on the PayPal thing? Or do you want OAN's opinion on the PayPal thing? You, you get one or the other. Do you want do you want what I think is like really fringy lunatic? Or do you want the more mainstream right wing opinion? Somebody pick your poison. Interesting is Daniel Malice. He wears a mask. Curiouser says the lunatic. I kind of like, I don't know that he's a lunatic. I know that he's in a mask and the mask is kind of cool. RB's peacing out. We're getting ready to get to Lizzo though. You should stick around for Lizzo. Let's watch the dude with the mask. See, see the mask. Land of the free, they say. Some shit I found on BitChute. Oh, check out that intro. My name is Daniel Malice. Many people use PayPal, the popular payment processor for online vendors, auction sites, and other uses. And just recently, they stated on their policies webpage starting November 3rd, 2022, that they would fine you $2,500 for spreading misinformation. You read that correctly. And here's a screenshot of that page itself. PayPal is there to provide a service with your banking institutions. A payment processor has no damn business to decide what is misinformation or find its users for that matter. If this doesn't count as theft, then I don't know what is. This created a major fire as a boomer of users and many closed their accounts and whoever saw this decided to backtrack on this outrageous policy that was to take a game of fuck you and PayPal he said he was kicking authority in the balls He's kicking authority in the balls and claimed that it was just an error former president of PayPal David Marcus had this to say on Twitter PayPal's new AUP goes against everything I believe in a private company oh, you think the mass person is a boomer to take your money if you say something they disagree with a spokesman representing PayPal stated that PayPal is not too dry for me. There's no production value to this. And this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We're sorry for the confusion this has caused. To those that have bought stuff on sites like eBay, they use a multitude of credit cards, especially PayPal. And if you want to pay in payments, you use what's called PayPal credit, which can be very helpful to those that are not rich. Are we living in China? Is this North Korea? Oh. Never did I thought the day would come. Never did he thought. Would be punished for thought crime to a point it would affect your bank account. But stories like this are unfortunately very, very common. Take Alex Jones, for example. The founder of InfoWars was also banned from PayPal. So about a week